1: In a world where Carolina
2: Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast.
3: Yo, it's the deal, Panther fans. It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com every Tuesday night. C3 Panthers podcast chops up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective in our eighth season, going strong every week uh, this year, and just like the Panthers going strong, actually. So go ahead and smash the thumbs up button, be a part of the show, the number's 252-228-5098, and hang out with my boy, Cody Lashney, one of my best friends, man. Every Tuesday night, we get to hang out and rap about, about football. What's better than that?
4: Tony Dunn, what's up, man? It's another Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to talk about some Panthers football. We actually do have a little bit of news to talk about for once. Uh, we're on the new, or on the heels of Thursday night football uh, with a um, home matchup against a division rival. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. And as always, we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tintizzy, Tizzy, Brad Dugan, Blake Bettis, is excuse me, Supreme Lita Supreme Joey the Blind Panther Esquivel, Tony Dunn Ain't nothing to it but to do it brother, let's roll Um Let
3: me see, I don't even know if there's any plugs To put in Oh, here, I got. I know what you need to do You need to go, if you want to put a little cheddar on the games You know, you want to Bet along with the professor You could bet against the professor after this past week I don't think, I think I went 0-5 After a 4-1 week last week or the week before, I think I went 0-5. Thanks, Cam Newton, for that. But if you want to bet opposite of me, yeah, if you want to bet opposite of me, my suggestion is you go to mybookie.ag. Between the NFL, college ball, and the MLB playoffs, there's no shortage of games to watch, and thousands of lines are available on all your favorite sports and events. You can turn your game day into a payday at mybookie. When you go there, you'll get a dollar for dollar deposit bonus if you use the promo code overtime. That is the promo code overtime at mybookie.ag stack UFC cards presidential prop bets. Hey, we were talking about this before. You're tired of politics. If you really want to be irritated with politics, why don't you gamble on it? Oh Holy yeah. Cow. You could do that at mybookie.ag use the promo code overtime. Hey, and you like the UFC, right? Any good fights coming oh, up yeah, there?
4: For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i might, I might even uh, I might uh, even partake myself, man. I've uh, I put money down on fights before and uh I want some chatter. It's fun.
3: mybookie.ag promo code overtime overtime. My suggestion if you're gambling on uh UFC is if they have cauliflower ear, like, if their ears are all fucked up, bet, yeah. on, bet on them. Well, that's... Kind of, they're pretty Those much mugs of are... Ears. Not all of them, man. Nah, I see some of these mugs. They come in there, they're looking all good. And they come up, this guy and this mug, come in with a cauliflower ear and just bust that ass. That's yeah. my if you advice.
4: Ever, if you, you don't ever pick a fight with a guy who has a cauliflower ear. <laughs> he has seen and done some things and he will hurt you. Yeah, that's like a badge of honor and respect amongst fighters. The bigger and more gruesome your ears are, yeah. that's
3: Yeah, that's I mean, that court. means you've been doing it since you were a baby. I wonder what the line is on the Panthers game this week. Anyway, uh, the Panthers go on the road to face the Saints this past Sunday. And what was a solid game in a lot of aspects, particularly on the offensive side of the ball? The end of the game coming down kind of to a near record setting field goal by joey sly um there was a lot of i think fun things about this game and the fact that the panthers only lost by three as they fall down to three and four um now a couple of days off of this game cody any uh further thoughts about it going because we got a short week going up against the atlanta falcons
4: I mean, no. I mean, I'm sort of kind of where I always have been on the Panthers. I feel like I know uh, what this football team is. And I think even Matt Rule in his press conferences has started to say that this is an evaluating year. And a lot of young guys that are getting reps that have been forced into playing time, guys like Troy Pride, guys like Sam Franklin, I mean, guys all up and down this roster – that have had to play meaningful reps, um, and you know I look at this past game against the Saints, and it was competitive because uh, I think our defense, um, the the key players in our defense, guys like Derek Brown, Jeremy Chen, Brian Burns. I mean, they are game changers, and it's not necessarily like um, you know each one of them has had like a true. Maybe Jeremy Chen has really been having some very impressive moments, but they've all just been consistent, I think. And that's what kind of kept us in that game and I feel like our defense deserves some credit because we're going to talk about Bridgewater. So our defense
3: deserves credit on a after a week where we gave up 86% of third downs.
4: Well, and but in my opinion though, That goes a lot to they were the better football team. They were the better coach football team, I think. Not like Matt Rule had a bad game or anything or that we were poorly coached, but Sean Payton had a great game plan. Um, And, you know, they still – they have the benefit of being at the tail end of something that they have done year after year the past four years in a row. Like it's the same coaching staff, a lot of the same players – and the fact that we made it close, like I said, I was proud after the game that we made it as close as we did. And I'm still, you know, kind of proud of them now. And I I, I don't know about you, Tony, but I feel really good about our chances going into this Thursday, even though, um, you know, we did lose.
3: Just looked it up as we're three-point favorites in this game. The over-under is 49. I actually don't see – tremendous amount of scoring going on at this point i mean just reasonable It's kind of like a used to be average nfl football game all right so i went back and watched the game and um i gotta say first i gotta apologize to somebody on the panthers yeah i gotta apologize to dante jackson so in the post game i was trying to find something to talk about i mean obviously is that you're sitting there you're looking at this game, you're in the immediate emotion afterwards, right? Um, you saw a team, a defense that just seemingly couldn't get off the field, right? And we were searching for reasons in the post game of why we could not get off the field. And we saw a lot of it in the linebacker position, we saw th- their ability to turn, um, kind of screenplays. CK talked about this, screenplays into big yardage stuff. Um, they, you know, Drew Brees at one point was like 11 for 11 when he was passing on third down or some crazy shit like that. Eight for eight. Yeah. It, was, it was insane. So I said, you know, is that like we were a complimentary of the offense after this game. We were very critical or I was very critical of the linebacking core. And I think – uh, Am very much warranted, but I went back and I was watching it, and I tell you this: they didn't throw it to Dante Jackson's side one time in that game, I don't think. And I and I was sitting here saying, you know, oh, I want Dante to be involved in a mix. You're just expecting his name to come up, and it wasn't there, and I was like underwhelmed by it after the game. And in, in all honesty the fact that his name didn't come up was a good thing. And it was indicative of what was going on. And I won't even say it was Dante just being shut down. Dante always lined up to the left side of Drew Brees. So if you're Drew Brees looking at the Panthers defense, he's on the left. And all Drew Brees did is they hiked the ball and threw it to that right zone corner (laughs) every Fucking time, like he never even Drew Brees didn't even look like you could have almost not even played anybody on that side of the field, and I don't even know if Drew Brees would have noticed. He <laughs> hiked the ball and threw it to his right. Hiked the ball and threw it to his right. So I was um, tough on Dante Jackson, and turns out he had no reason. That dude was probably one of the better people on that team on Sunday. Now well, and I wh- think
4: you mentioned it too. It uh hurt us not having Russell Douglas. Yeah uh, yeah and that was, you know, for uh for all the trash I talk about Margaret Hearn and like that's been the one good pickup that he has made uh here recently that's actually truly benefited this team. Um I-, I don't know if you're ready to talk about it yet but I think it kind of segues into the the, the the biggest news the most recent the news, news of
3: today right yeah i would yeah. think it's a perfect <laughs> time go ahead and bring it up
4: uh, okay uh, i'm a little bit torn because one i'm okay with the move but when you hear well, first how, tell how people it what happened, happened the people right. that are so listening it,
3: what happened today
4: it's funny how it happened so today the panthers released eli apple and eli apple was essentially supposed to be our number one or not number one number two receiver uh corner outside of uh, Dante Jackson. And he has just been hurt the entire time that he's been here. I think maybe he played like one or two series, but for the most part, Homeboy has done nothing. I, I mean, think he he's only absolute, played like
3: five snaps on special he's teams. He's been an
4: absolute no one on this football team. I wasn't a fan of the signing because of how many penalties he got last year for the Saints. Um And then So it's funny how it happened, though. So apparently he goes in today and he's like, oh, my hamstrings kind of hurt. I'm not feeling well. And the coaching staff said, all right, we'll just go inside and get training, get treatment and just take the day off again. So he goes to have a recovery day. And as they send him to do that, they cut his ass, (laughs) which I find uh, to be hilarious. Um like dude, how savage do you have to be all right go ice up and then literally they're icing you up as they're cutting you off the football team. I mean it was I Ice up
3: in the most literal sense.
4: Yeah, really. I ice up. Dude, I was never a a, a big Eli Apple fan, you know, even before. I understand the, the signing at the time though. so that's why I wasn't hard on um uh, when they did sign Apple, even though I would have preferred someone different. Um but I don't know, man. This just seems like a good move all the way around, right? He's not doing anything for us. <laughs> did you see
3: there was somebody that tweeted this out? And I thought you were almost gonna quote them in when you were telling what happened today. <laughs> but it was like they were <laughs> I I assume this is what the tweet was doing is, like, just saying how this happened. (laughs) And it said something like... It was like, uh, Eli Apple comes out to practice uh, injured again, and it goes, Matt Rule says, that motherfucker MF is hurt again? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And it was just like... uh, You know, it was just so silly, the way they put it. But so... All right, Eli Apple does bring us something with a secondary. Rosal Douglas, right, um, who was on the COVID list last week. Um, you know, I think he's able to play, I would assume. Are you gonna, if you're going to cut Eli Apple. Eli Apple hasn't done anything on this team. I don't even know if he's, like, been at the meetings at this point. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? is like he's been not – like, being a part of – he's only been on this team in name. In name only. Other than that, so, so with our secondary, Dante Jackson, Russell Douglas, and then Coach Rule says this is a valuation year because they also cut Seth Robinson, Robertson. And Seth Robertson is a bigger bodied receiver who has actually played a noteworthy amount of snaps this year, right? I've seen him on the field. Like, I remember seeing him, like, oh, I know that that's Seth Roberts, Robertson. And he was cut along with somebody else. He was like dancing. One of these guys was dancing at a club, they said, without a mask on. What was this about? That was Um, another practice squatter. I thought, what did you think about that? And do you think there is some sort of... I, I don't like the internet shaming that goes on with this type of stuff. Like, all of a sudden, you see all these news outlets being like, panther player no mask and then the next day's cut i mean i don't oh, feel right weird, but good dude, about it
4: dude the, dude the corona police are real man they're coming <laughs> after you neck uh but uh you thinking about cornerback josh hawkins and he was a uh a practice squad guy and apparently he was out somewhere he was at a club with his girl or something and they took a picture of him without without the mask i didn't
3: even see him around anybody like i mean it didn't even look <laughs> like, and then the, you're right the co- corona yeah. police went after it didn't they
4: he was just the scapegoat man like that's i feel like every other post on twitter if it's like a picture of anyone it's someone saying like are oh, they far enough apart and do they have a mask it's like god every, oh god, every god. We're at the time of year where everything is extra specially annoying
3: i'm but. so glad uh the other day i was outside like i'm hitting be 39 next month so i'm approaching the midlife you know like we're going through like i mean my wife and i are about that midlife age and the other day i was outside and i was like it was i was like alone my wife was out of town and I was like, oh, man, it's like the worst thing is when you recognize that you're just average. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was just thinking like, oh, my life <laughs> is just average. I'm just average. I'm like, not good. You know, so it was like one of these midlife moments. And then now think about it. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm average enough to where people don't take my picture and put it on Twitter and police me. I'm That's on the Internet show. talking and people don't give a shit.
4: Yeah, man. It's a <laughs> yeah, good. good deal. Hey man, it could always be a lot worse. It could always be a lot, but hey, I have to, I have to uh, pinpoint this comment in our chat just because it's incredible. My man Tree Fifty says, "Funny how we picked corn over apple." (laughs) (laughs) Now that corn elder. Yeah, man, corn man, corn elder. Corn Pops, you know? And, and and they said one bad apple spoiled the bunch. We had to cut his ass. And I, this jersey I, anymore, did, dude, I did on tell, this show. I did tell that story on here before about Eli Apple, right? When he was with the New York Jets and how the, he was they were interviewing him. And just right in the middle of his interview, he's like, I got to take a shit. <laughs> yeah, you have told us about that Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm okay that, with that. Yeah, that's the most. That, that's the best thing he's done in the NFL.
3: <laughs> uh, Cody said. Uh, he said he'll be here in a minute. He's wrapping up a work call. Let's go ahead and get into the yeah. cat calls. Yeah. Um. Man. The numbers two five two, two two eight fifty ninety eight, and also we've got to talk about Christian McCaffrey's potential return. Could be Thursday. I don't think it's... It doesn't look like it's going to be Thursday, but it's nearing. So think about that. 252 228 Be a part of the conversation. So what are your thoughts
5: on catcalling? Yeah, it's
0: pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody.
5: And how did that make you feel?
0: Uh, very uncomfortable.
5: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
0: It feels a good, and like... Three and a four. And who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? And who's that kid that can use one...
6: This is
5: Colorado, Colin. I, uh, w- after listening to the postgame show, I wanted to talk a little bit about the linebacker situation. I, I'd called in, and I kind of reneged on being a, sh- a shack apologist, but I kind of started to think about the circumstances surrounding how we approached that position in free agency. And like When we brought into here Whitehead, the number one thing that that's positive that people had to say about him was that he was a good leader, And he was an, you know, the, the, the players around him liked him. And I think that that's reflected in the fact that they chose to make him a team captain. And I, I don't think that he fills the role in the same way that we, like Thomas Davis did. He was always the, the real vocal on the field leader, even more than Luke Keekley Kegley was an amazing field general, and he could get people in the right places. But when it came to field, like on the field leadership and holding people accountable and setting the standard, it was all Thomas Davis. And I don't see anything similar between him and Your Whitehead. But I think that Shaq, I don't think he's a leader. I think that he looks to other players and try, and he can kind of emulate what they're doing. Um, and so he's, been, you know, when we surround him with good players like T.D. and Luke. He can play up to their standards, and, and that's when we were decided that he was worth signing and, and um, whether or not he's actually turned out to be worth it so far. But I don't think, now that he's surrounded by talent that's at a lower level than him, I still think that he's looking to to hear Whitehead as a leader and as a, a, an example. And I think that that's kind of reflected in the way that he plays, where he, had, he doesn't break down, he kind of lost some of his fundamentals. Which I know that he'd be reamed by T D for. But that's not it doesn't, the same sort of thing doesn't happen. It seems like we don't have some of that on field leadership. And so I mean, I, I would love to see us go out and like y'all were talking about potentially approaching, you know, the the trade deadline, making a trying to make a deal on a real middle linebacker that can also fill that leadership role that can that Shaq can look to to kind of bounce off of i wonder what you guys's thoughts are on that but um i also wanted to talk a little bit about um what i think is what we're doing well and i kind of wanted to try to classify what our team is and, and try to put it into words and i feel like the most common phrase is that we have a dink and dunk offense but i think the offensive philosophy that is behind that is that you take what the defense gives you and the play that I think would would have really solidified this in my mind would have been that play when he threw it to Robbie Anderson in double coverage and he didn't look at DJ. And he didn't go through his progressions. He didn't take what the defense gave him on that play. And I think that that was the most glaring example. But if the games were successful, I think Teddy is good at that. I think that's the, the thing that you want Teddy to be good at, like in addition to ball man.
3: Alright, so there's enough, obviously there's oh, yeah, going to be another uh, part of this conversation to go, but let's start with... Uh, Great Sha- call. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot to unpack there. Shaq Thompson playing up, uh, or not playing up to, I guess, what has been our prototypical understanding <clears throat> position. But before we get in that, let's really quick welcome CK into the house. What's up, CK?
2: How's it going? Welcome, Chilling, buddy working yeah, you're,
4: man you're anything good well,
3: uh, man yeah we're trying we've we've been talking about uh covid police we've been talking about uh eli uh corn our veggies over our fruits, yeah uh, and some things like that um look at that beard, man it's, it's getting, getting longish,
2: yeah, like it gets it gets real crazy when I do this, Cody knows this.
3: Uh, oh, when you uplift it? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that crazy uh, hobo look to it now. Looks,
3: looks like you took a balloon and rubbed it on it and got the it static. Makes you look gun. fatter.
4: <laughs> oh, dude. I take a comb through my sideburns, my beard... My mustache. Hey dude, I had to. I might find some loose change in there sometime. This you is this is the epitome
2: of what COVID has done to the world. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, oh dude. Yeah, Look at okay. my hair, man. My hair is the longest it's ever been oh, yeah, in my life. My I'm hair. like, we get the try crap. Oh. Yeah, we get the try stuff and not dude, feel you that. I can't really
4: tell, but my hair is down to like past my shoulders. It oh, nice, is crazy.
3: <laughs> so Shaq not playing up uh to what we really need him to be in that kind of high-end polished player missing a lot of assignments it seems like particularly I think this is I went back and looked at the game and what was more upsetting about anything with our linebacking core is that they're terrible against the run And I thought that to hear right. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, like, I mean, you thought that these guys would have some limitate like Whitehead. You'd be like, all right, well, the guy's a good tackler. He's going to be a run type, you know, helpful in that part of the game. But when you're not even good at what we thought we were going to be good at. So, speak on Shaq Thompson trying to become a pro without. But what's his name? Luke's there. Why isn't Luke helping him more?
4: Uh, I know he's just wait. a
3: scout. He's not like on the field.
4: Yeah, it's... it's but different. I feel like Luke
3: needs to get up in his ear and be like, what the hell, Shaq? Come on.
4: Well, one of the things that you notice, though, in a 4-3, or when you run the type of front that we do, the middle linebacker is the dude. It's the inside guy. You know? Now, if you're a weak side or a strong side linebacker, you know, if you're Thomas Davis, that's, you know, that's... Great, but your your level of play has to take it to the next level. And I feel like our caller really kind of hit the nail on the head when Shaq Thompson has uh, that older brother, older mentor figure um, around him, someone who has more responsibility than him. He's really good at filling those roles, and, and he can be a good little piece to a good defense. However, he's not the centerpiece to your linebacking core. And that's why, you know, I'm even wondering, too, and this is something that I know some people know. On offense, they have little green. The quarterback has a green sticker on the back of his helmet so he can hear plays from the offensive coordinator. Well, there's one player on defense that can hear the defensive coordinator, too, and he has a little green sticker. I wonder who that is for our team. Now, normally it's your inside linebacker. It's your Mike linebacker. And that's been Luke for us, but now is it is it Shaq? Is it Tahrir Whitehead? I would certainly hope that it's not Whitehead,
3: but I think it, it's Shaq. I feel like I have seen Shaq trying to tell guys like what's coming, like calling plays out and some things like that. Um, it's not as animated as we've seen with uh, Luke Keekley or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's disappointing Shaq is not kind of stepping in and just fulfilling that role of what we've become, become accustomed to with linebackers as Panther fans. I mean, we've always had good linebackers, and right now it's kind of yeah. tough to look on the field. And, you know, Shaq's supposed to be that guy, and he hasn't been at this point. Um I saw Nova Black said <laughs> to hear Whitehead looks like a butthead. <laughs> like, he calls him butthead. It's like his head right. looks like an actual butt. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, why is I mean, he playing branded. more polished at this point, CK? That's our call right now is, uh, earlier the cat call said is that you've always had these guys that have kind of uplifted his game and now Shaq's trying to, has to be that guy and it's difficult on this team. And someone in the comments also pointed to Isaiah Simmons, said something about like, oh, he'd be getting killed or something. Did you see him with that nasty ass pick last night?
2: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, and by that the
3: way, mess was I mean, awesome, I mean, dude! Like I mean, that mess was awesome. What a play!
4: So he had a few rookie mistakes early, uh, and they aren't playing him very much. But I'm entirely convinced that they just—it's a coaching thing. Why he's not getting time? Like that guy is too skilled and athletic. It, he's gonna be fine. No, I don't know. I mean, it's in the past. I'm not going to. Yeah. About yeah. It doesn't matter. Thing.
3: Like we don't it even got to I mean, care about them in relation it, to our yeah, team. It was just it, a yeah, cool, it doesn't matter. like fun yeah, to watch. I,
4: I did see that, uh, that, that comment too. Um, but our linebacking core is bad and it's, it's, it's going to be a problem. And really it kind of gets into this matchup that we have coming up here. Um, I don't know if either of you know the status right now of Julio Jones. Um, I, I he I'm, played I'm, last week, right? Did he play last week? He did. So is he set to play this week?
2: I think
3: so. I know he he
4: was dealing with something, but um, well, if if they have him, then I mean, you have to worry about that middle of the field, Mm -hmm. and and uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. I feel like they always play us tough. They play us tough at home. Um, We have no reason to lose. Because I think it's the Falcons, and there's just they're one of the worst teams in football this year. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I, I I'm always worried now that our middle linebackers are just going to get ripped apart all season. Like our linebackers aren't equipped to face what's coming unless someone takes it to the next level. Well, Todd
3: Gurley did play well against us in the first matchup. Right, is that we had problems with him with those crack tosses, as uh, Matt Rule said. But at this point, like, do we really even, for me, is the Falcons beat themselves each and every week? Like, if we lose, if you lose to the Falcons at this point, I don't know, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with you.
4: (laughs) You're an embarrassment. If you lose to the Falcons. How did they lose against Detroit? Did you see that shit? Yeah, they had a 96. Uh ninety-six point eight percent win probability rate.
2: Again, dude.
4: Again. Dude, dude, that's never happened to a team ever. Like if that that goes
2: beyond, let's be honest, that goes beyond just coaching, bad like that is bad luck, period. Like you could have the worst team in the history of the NFL and not have as much bad luck as the Atlanta Falcons have had this year.
4: I mean, it, it, it's not um, off-topic either because that's our next opponent. Yeah. Are the Falcons, like, the most embarrassing team in football? There's some embarrassing football teams right now. I mean, the not Jets,
3: more than the, the Jets. I mean, the Jets are the the worst. They're the
6: worst. Yeah,
4: but I feel like everyone knows that they're the worst and they expect them to be the worst. But the Falcons always do this, oh, I'm about to win! and just crashed. like they look like they could be younger.
3: like a 5 win team right now at times or like they're a bad. I mean they've been ahead in every game I think <laughs> yeah. maybe except for ours yeah, like they've been ahead in and ours have,
4: they have talent like it's not like, like, like there isn't good players on that football team there clearly is but they just suck they just suck, man. They oh, Brad Dugan back. says
3: no. It's the Cowboys. Speaking of,
4: Oof, that whole division's terrible,
3: isn't it? I got. It. Do you think you guys think that Mike McCarthy's going to be fired this year?
4: His sausage eating ass. Probably so. Probably I mean, think
3: so. about that. Dude, what have if you my heard man gets this fired this year? Or? And I'm heard, so like- glad. I'm so embarrassed that. His whisperings, that propaganda shit was kind of working on me.
4: What, well, not me? Never worked on mm-hmm. me. I'm Old telling did, did you, did you, oh, yeah. that, uh, did you hear that? Did you hear that the people in the locker room are you like talking to reporters, talking about I heard. How, That's Yeah, that's, that's the what coaches my speech and all this other shit.
2: Yeah, that's what spawned my, my actual tweet after that. Like, hearing, I don't know, it might have been Chris Collinsworth or somebody talking about it. Like, and then the, you know, and then my opinion, if you're gonna come out, just come out and just say it, and don't don't go behind the. Yeah, I heard somebody on the Fox, I guess halftime show talking right, about that. Right. And I'm like, gosh, he's got the, he's already got people. Like it took him years to do that in Green Bay to have people coming and and talking about about him behind his back. Now it's happening within the first half of the season with a new organization. I mean, this is when you're supposed to be winning over your fans and your people. And this guy has somehow just turned the entire organization against him. It's so interesting.
3: It's crazy. Um, and somebody was telling me that, where I read, or, or was it you, CK, that said that they're the worst football. Somebody was telling me that they're one the of the worst, worst defenses
2: defenses in the history of football. Definitely, and the, they're, they're the worst right now. They're the on pace to be the worst Cowboys defense to ever exist. No, I, I think that might the be the worst itself.
3: defense in the world, man. They lost 25-3 to 3 against
2: Too them. bad we couldn't face them and then, you know, put up like a 50 bomb on them.
3: Yeah, I got to say, if you want to feel better about yourself, play the Cowboys unless you are the Falcons. Or play um, the NFC
2: East.
6: Yeah, but then, <laughs> right. that,
4: dude, there's a lot. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I brought it up because it is interesting because there's a lot of real dog shit football teams. The Jaguars suck again, and no one's yeah, mentioning Yeah, but they were it.
3: supposed to suck.
4: Philadelphia kind of sucks. They're, all right.
3: They're like they're gonna they're gonna making a comeback, man. They're getting I better. The Giants suck. They're terrible.
4: I think the Redskins suck. I think Even the, the Redskins Red do. Reds are I think the Redskins are. Pardon me. Good. The football team.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm you know. sorry, the Washington football team, I think they are going to win the division, but I think they're going to win with a negative record.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's already talking about 2014, Ron Rivera. I saw an article where he's like, we did it in 2014. All right, Um. Uh, oh, think no,
4: about – Real quick, did you hear that Eric Reed, uh, the the uh, Washington wanted to sign Eric Reed and stiffed him? He said, no, I don't want to go play there.
3: Yeah, to the oh, practice wow. squad. And I don't understand. To be honest, they must have really changed practice squad rules a lot because I thought that if you were a vested veteran. You couldn't be? You couldn't be on the practice squad. It used to be like, you know what I'm saying, like you had to be signed and you got paid a minimum or something like that. And uh, it must be COVID that they changed the rules with that because I don't even think he should be eligible.
2: Maybe
4: you yeah, have to
3: be on the practice
4: uh-huh
2: it
3: felt Des like it Bryant, in the past. It's Des, not.
4: Des, Des Bryant signed to Baltimore. He's a Raven now.
2: On their practice squad, yeah.
3: Hmm. All right, 5098 uh, Here's part two of that call. We still got to talk about Dinkin' Dunk.
5: I got cut off there, but um, Teddy is is doing what we expected him to do. Obviously, he's not perfect, and he's going to be making mistakes. I was really encouraged by the way that he navigated the pocket this, this last week. And I don't think you can put any blame on him for the pocket collapsing on him on that last sack because it happened in all sides at once, and he had nowhere to go. He couldn't even – Matt Rule the did. Uh,
3: Matt there. Rule didn't let him off but, the hook from what I uh, heard.
5: Anyway, I think – I didn't hear the actual it, comment. It, it that then. kind of offensive philosophy. You know, when DJ was wide open against the Saints, then Teddy was, he was able to take advantage of that because that was something that the defense gave us. And I think that that also kind of uh, – when you get into the red zone – those problems become amplified and i think that that kind of talks to our red zone inefficiencies is that when there's less field to cover the defense doesn't give you as much and so when there's no obvious low hanging fruit to take advantage of our offense struggles when all the bases are covered we don't really have a you know a release valve you know and i think Christian McCaffrey provides that but until we get him back it's something that we we don't really have in terms of defense I think that our defense is predicated on not giving up big plays. I don't think that we're, we're you know, it, we can idealize this, you know, that we'd be able to generate pressure and turnovers and all of these things at the same time. But I think we can all agree that our roster isn't talented enough for that. But in order to remain competitive, you have to be able to stay in the game. And I think the way that you do that is by taking it, it, – I mean, if you can prevent the big plays – Your defense doesn't get discouraged. Your morale doesn't drop. You can stay in it and give your offense a chance to gain rhythm, possess the clock, control the time of possession battle, and ultimately win the game. And I think that's the philosophy that you can see our coaches have adopted. Um, I got into it with a, a guy on a Reddit feed that was just talking about how we should be rushing four all the time. And I don't think that our secondary can hold up to that, especially against a quarterback like Drew Brees, who's so experienced at recognizing blitzes and beating them. And I just don't yeah. think that that was something that we needed to uh, rely on. You know, we can let them dink and dunk and eat us up underneath all day long. And an well, that backs up that offense that we uh, or that our defense is predicated on not giving up the big plays is that if you look at. Our scoring summaries, we've only given up four touchdowns of 20 or more yards. Two of them were botched runs, one for Leonard Fournette in the Bucks game, and the other was uh, Devontae Freeman that just they blew through the middle, and they were off to the races. And then we gave up one to Mike Adams, and, you know, I don't remember who the last one was. but um, Leonard
3: Fournette, Gurley, all business. runs. All right, uh. Let's go ahead and get into that call. Is I think that's a reasonable take on our defense. And a kind of a juxtaposition to our offense is basically is Teddy is good when he's got kind of a lot of open field to find guys and weaknesses in the zone and some things. And as the field gets shorter, uh it becomes more you know, difficult uh for them to kind of make these laser light plays or breakaway, you know, I mean, I don't know if we don't have the personnel both and Teddy. So I think that's a reasonable point. And then on the defense, um, you know, that's kind of always, isn't that every football team's like is like, don't give up the big play a and B is, I don't even really have a problem with us dropping back. So many is like the real problem is, is that we just are getting gashed for big ass runs all the time. That's the real problem. It's not even the dink and dunk passes. Like, all right, we got that. That's gonna happen. It's just like it'll be second and eight, and it's like third and inches.
4: Well, uh, I think that one very great calls altogether. I think that was uh, Jake from uh from Denver. Great calls altogether. Um, I do think that he has a point when he's talking about our defense. Uh, being predicated upon this bend, don't break. But I partly think it's out of necessity. Our defense has to be that way because we just don't have the personnel to do anything different from a defensive standpoint. And that goes back to his first call uh, when we were talking about linebackers. I mean, We just don't, on the second level, it doesn't matter if they're passing on us or running on us, we are not dependable tacklers in, in the, the, the next level of the football field. When it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, um, I think it's one of those things where it's the exact opposite of our defense. That dink and dunks, like he mentioned, I mean, our offense is a 10 to 15-yard marginal move down the field offense, which yeah. that's okay. And that's what I the mean, Saints
3: it, offense was against us.
4: Yeah. Right, um, and I see. This is where I, I bite my tongue, and it's so frustrating, man. Because I've been so hard on Bridgewater, because he doesn't throw the deep ball, and there have been times when he just doesn't see when he does have a man open downfield, and it's infuriating. Because I feel like he does have the arm to do it, and I, it's, it's just he's not, he's not seeing it, or he's just not being aggressive enough in doing it. But I think it's going to be a problem. Um, because there's, I mean, once we play a team like Kansas and even Atlanta, Atlanta's a bad football team, but they have good offensive players. Like they still have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Ty Gurley. They can put up points on any given day, right? We have to be able to put up points on them and be aggressive. It's one thing to be a ball control offense. But you have to be able to move the ball down the field when you're down 14 or more points sometime to to, be a, uh, to have a real chance. I mean, whereas it's nothing for the uh, team like Kansas to drop you know, 17 points in no time. I don't think the Panthers are going to do that. So us having a dink and dunk offense benefits us because it kills the clock. It allows us to run the football. And uh, that's our recipe for success right now. Run the football, dink and dunk, be efficient, and make sure our defense bends but doesn't break. Like, that's our only recipe for success going forward because there isn't much uh, dynamic elements to either side of the football, in my opinion.
3: Well, I tell you one thing is I I was looking around the league uh, at some of the other games and despite uh, whatever limitations Teddy Bridgewater has, I, w- I was actually thinking about you today, too, with it, and that is what you hate about Teddy Bridgewater is that he's actually good enough to win. And, not all <laughs> like, I mean, he's, like, better than a lot of yeah. the shitty-ass quarterback. Like, I, I looked at the Bears last night. And yeah, wasn't that well terrible? Foles can actually every now and then, man, he's throwing these deep balls and they're right on the money.
4: The Bears um, offensive lines.
3: God. Yes, it is fucking tragic, bro.
4: Trash, trash, trash.
3: Oh. So uh Teddy is like good is like he gives you a chance to win. But you know, um and I, I think that when we play complementary football the problem is, is like uh, we're not, de- you know, if you put Teddy on that Bears defense, I mean that Bears team, they're better.
4: Yeah, they're maybe. a better football team. Um, but but don't we know. don't have
3: the Bears defense. Did you see how gassed that defense? Well, but, was but last our night? offensive oh. is
4: better than their offensive line, so right. he might he might be worse off there.
3: Mm, maybe he's been pretty elusive. I tell you one thing: is Foles can't move at all. Oh, I, I remember
4: know. something I wanted to talk about that uh was actually from the Saints game. Uh did y'all see did y'all hear Cam Jordan's name a whole lot? No. Did, oh my god. There's no you, know, you know you know why you didn't hear his name that often?
2: He's going against moat.
4: Because Taylor Moten is a motherfucking monster, y'all. I'm telling you, we need to pay that, man. Like, Listen, that's the one thing that everyone should be able to agree on right now. Whether you want a quarterback in the draft or your team, Teddy Bridgewater, until you die, you should want Taylor Moten to get paid. He is easily our best offensive lineman. At a very important position, being right tackle, he goes against the best pass rushers and holds his own. He did great against Bosa uh, this year. He did great against Cam Jordan, Pay Taylor, Moten. Damn it! I don't that think we have a choice. Be... We have to, man. I don't we think you g-
3: like you cannot go into next season thinking about this. Is no like Okun's yeah. going to be gone. You can't go into next season with Paradise, Greg Little, and maybe. You've got to get Moten.
2: You've got to.
3: There's too many holes to fill. You already need to get Moten and a a left tackle or Moten and a top level guard.
2: I think Greg Little is going to be that guy next in the left tackle spot. I I think he showed a lot of promise. And honestly, I think maybe he just needed to be behind a guy like Okung that can say, listen, this is how you do this because up until this point, he hasn't learned behind an all pro nope, like yeah, anyone, had. yeah. And so, I think you, you've you seen him go out there, and uh, in the limited amount of snaps that we've seen him take, he has been, you know, actually pretty impressive. You know, so I think he's still the answer in the future. I just think he needed to be mentored a little bit. Um, but I, Moten, 100%, he is the only steady part of this deep offensive line that I think that we can consistently say is held up his end of the bargain. And so, uh, and and he's been available for the most part. Like he's not injury uh, prone as some other offensive line. I think he's played
3: like, Oh, and that's the one thing. Knock on wood. Like I like, I mean, I think he's played since like his rookie year. Absolutely. Everything
4: that we, everything that we want to do. I mean, dude, that's why I was pounding the table to build a wall around uh, he who shall no longer be named on this podcast anymore because I was just one. Dude, it's so important to have an offensive line that pass protects, that run blocks. Taylor Moten, no matter what you want or think about the Panthers, Taylor Moten makes everything that we do easier. Mm. We need to pay him, especially now that we paid Christian McCaffrey. Pay Pay him, pay him, pay him, pay him. All right, 252-228-5098. Two, two,
3: two, two,
4: hey,
0: Tony. Hey, guys. This is Chuck from Elizabeth City up in the northeastern corner of the state. Just uh, wanting to say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, I think it's glaringly obvious that with the COVID and uh, new coaching regime and just everything being brought in like it is and working against us curve and you know, matt rule and his staff has done an awesome job i agree i think the one thing that's hurt us most cam's the best player we've had in franchise history but i think they saw he was done or we weren't going in that direction and much as i love cam i think they made their right call uh, same thing with greg olson couldn't pain when he wanted it you know go back and forth on that but it, it was time to say goodbye but luke retiring um, you know force health it makes sense but if we had Luke in the middle our linebacking core would not look so bad uh, oh, not Shaq not. would not be the primary backer and I, I just feel like we look so much better on defense but it is what it is uh, the second thought I want to get from you guys and it's been talked about some is free agency after this year, particularly our free agents? Um, who can we hang on to? I'm afraid in years past, and I work up against the cap at times, um, never keeping on to homegrown talent we've had. I think the number one priority we have to do is we have to keep Taylor Moe. We have hey. to find a way, you know, not break the bank necessarily, but we, we can't let another team come in here like the Giants did with Bradbury and, and and just sign him away and we restart another position. Uh, secondly, I, I really think Curtis Samuel, I know it's hard to keep Bobby Anderson and DJ Moore. And, you know, we got other receivers we can get in the draft, but this guy's electric. I'm starting to see good things from him. And then the main negative aspect with him is just keeping him healthy. It sneaked up a lot, but We've got to find a way to keep this guy paying without overpaying. Do something, even if they're short term. That's a finally, good call. You know, we're so thin with the secondary and at the 11 Bradbury go. I like what I'm getting from to Jackson when he's on the field. And, you know, we're going to have to find a way to keep him, make sure we don't lose him if we can. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on those three or anybody else or what we can do. But uh, I'll say keep pounding,
6: guys.
3: Doing an awesome job, and I Chuck right from Elizabeth City with call of the night right there, um, yep. really top to bottom. Fantastic. Is it, if you think about, it, is that you you said Cody uh, the he who shall not be named the Voldemort of the podcast, yeah. uh, and CK said it in the post game. Is what would you say, CK about Cam?
5: I think I I said I.
2: I think we made the right move. I mean, it just, I I hate to be that person, but it feels as though, I mean, it's been exhausting to have to constantly talk about him, you know, because it's, it's, it is in the past and, you know, we, we did feel a bit salty, but up to this point, outside of to hear whitehead, I feel like this organization has made a lot of good moves. And the one move that I think we all questioned more than anything was the move away from Cam. And I think right now, the first two games were exactly what we, I mean, what we were looking for out of Cam. We were like, oh, see, he's back, he's back, he's back. And then COVID hit. And then now he's back on the field and he's having to face some tougher opponents. And all of a sudden, hmm. Cam's not back. And if anything, Cam looks worse than he did when he was playing and even when he was throwing the ball down the field. I don't know if you've seen any of those balls, Cody. He was throwing some dimes, but he was putting a lot of effort into it. Like, he was putting his entire body into those throws. Like, he looked like he was forcing the ball. Um, and he did not have the zip. It was not the cam of old. And I'm, I'm, I, it pained me to say it, but I, do, I think we made the right move with Bridgewater. If this is a win-now mentality on this team, if it's a building mode, if they're looking to create a culture here that's going to be a win mode, I I I I love Cam, but I don't think I think he's over. I think he's done.
4: So I haven't gotten a chance to speak on this. Um, and and you know what I want to say? I think I've done. I think me and Tony, specifically for two huge Cam Newton stands, have done a very good job as of late not, not talking mentioning. about Cam Newton and me and Tony get called Cam Newton fanboys and never stop talking about him. But I didn't get a chance to talk about it, so I'm going to now, and I'm going to do it real quick. And then we didn't forget about the call. It was a great call. We'll get back into that. But this is the thing with Cam Newton. Uh, Was Cam playing well? Hell no. He looked like absolute shit. One of the things that I've had to come around on Cam Newton on, and I think this is just being honest, and I think that we've all kind of said this to one degree or another, is that Cam Newton is all of the good things that we said he is but he's a bit of a front runner meaning when things aren't in the team's favor or when things aren't in his favor when when the cards start to get stacked against him then it gets really heavy but i'm not going to put that whole thing on cam newton cuz no. one one that that patriots receiving core that might be just as bad, if not worse, than what Cam Newton had to march into the Superdome with when he was with the Panthers in 2017 in those playoffs when we had receivers dropping passes in the end zone, okay? Those receivers for the Patriots made no separation. No. They have no speed. Uh That Neo dude, Keanu Neo, whatever the fuck his name is, that guy is another Kelvin Benjamin. Nikhil Harry, went, I think that that Nikkeel guy Harry is one hundred percent another Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, and, and then another thing is, is too, uh, he had that momentum behind him. I want to see what would have happened, which obviously we'll never know. If he what to into- yeah, but if he didn't, uh, if it didn't catch, that does then, then had then had to miss so much time. None well, of this listen, matters. Know, There's I, only two things. I thing that's know really- none of it matters. Uh, I'm saying I haven't gotten a chance to talk about Cam Newton. This is the last time I'm going to do it. Cam Newton, I don't know if he's done or not. I know one thing. Uh, he is in a, a situation that a lot of people said the Patriots weren't going to be a good team this year. And that's starting to look true. And their offensive line well yeah their,
3: their their team is bad beyond yeah. just cam newton Absolutely. i mean is their Absolutely. defense sucks right now but and even gilmore looks sorry here's but, the but,
2: part that i'm talking about and I, I think it's important that i point this out Regardless of the 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 wide receivers, because I am one hundred percent in agreement there, he does not have weapons. He doesn't have help, right? You know, he's not dealing with a star running back in the backfield or anything like that. You know, and yeah. it, it is very reminiscent of the twenty fifteen season, right? You know, throwing to no name receivers outside of Greg Olson. Um, you know, and he's got you know, you got to keep in mind he's got an injured Julian Edelman. I mean, he's he's there's definitely stuff out there that's impacting this. That's not the part that was concerning to me. What was concerning to me is when he was throwing the ball down the field, the ball had zero zip. Zero. Like no zip whatsoever. And, and it wasn't watch... even in the area code.
3: That's the yeah, other well, thing. Is the last were, he... time we saw Cam that bad, right? Where the ball's like 10 yards short? 30 yards over. The
4: last yeah, game it was,
3: something was wrong. Actually, it, and it kind of reminded me of 2017 or, or 20. It does. It where does. It, and as I mean, you start to wonder, is it the shoulder? It's, it's and and like, that's
2: what I it, felt when I was watching. Is it felt like even when he was using his body to throw, like he was getting the ball to the receivers after the second half, like before, like when people were like, oh, he's not even throwing it deep. He's He was throwing the ball deep and he was getting it there. The ball was taking forever to get there. Like it was like just floating and it wasn't like a touch pass. It was just, it, it just felt like the ball was moving. It was so motion.
3: off. It was so off. Yeah. Something just felt wrong.
2: It does, and, and I don't that's know if where you're
3: scary. And I, one other thing nobody has brought up is, if he really did have COVID, right? And oh. Zeke had that. Some I saw somebody in the chat room or on Twitter say this too. Zeke came back after COVID? I think Zeke had COVID. I'm not sure if that's true or not. And he but, looks like, and they yeah, were he like. Gets, um, he so, there's a couple of things there. You just got to wonder are we, Is there because we're issue, so man? hungry for NFL football, we're like, get out there, and these mugs are just coming off of like the flu. Who knows? I, I just don't think
4: know. He has the worst luck in the world. Everything no, starts that's, to go uh, uphill for from, him. So, that's
3: Tyrod Taylor.
4: Everything starts to go uphill for Cam, but then something happens and it derails it, man. All right, and let's it's go tough to, the, to watch. Um, yeah, the, let's talk about the next
3: the part. Though is was speaking of another person. Though is that the caller started with Luke Keekley and you know Luke Keekley's retirement was a sudden departure for this team. Uh, yeah. Is that I guess we saw potential signs of it coming because of the injuries he had and the concussion problems. But Luke Keekley has been in the NFL less time than Cam Newton. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, is that we saw, we were wondering Might about here, Luke's yeah. play and stuff declining a little bit. We weren't necessarily going, oh, this guy can't play football no more. But he left and maybe at the right time for him so he doesn't look like a shell of himself as you see some of these other guys i mean greg Olson is like not even i'm barely playing it feels like for the seahawks but that is a big loss to this defense and when you start to think about departing for camp departing from cam maybe it was kind of and now that we see some of these things the right time regardless of what we think about teddy bridgewater or anybody else
4: I mean, it happened, man. I mean, it, we, Cam Newton's no longer uh, our quarterback. And I think he's going to, as much as it pains me to say it, I think Cam Newton's going to go down as the, the the greatest quarterback that never was.
3: But, like, Luke Kuechly leaving accelerated our need to rebuild our defense entirely.
4: Well, did you remember you know I told – yeah, I was saying for a long time, we don't realize until football starts being played just how much we're going to miss Luke. I mean, right. you don't drop off from a player like Luke Kuechly and expect things to look the same. I mean, Luke Kickley was a, a a perennial Pro Bowl, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl player, All-Pro. I mean, he was the man for a reason. His level of dedication Was next level, yeah, and it wasn't even just about what he could do physically. I mean, his mind was a weapon on the football field, and when you don't have that, I mean, he was the kind of player that made everyone around him better. Um, and now that we're not, uh, now that we don't have that, you know, like uh, our caller from Colorado said, Shaq Thompson just doesn't provide that same gusto, he doesn't have the hurrah leadership that thomas davis had and he's not the cerebral badass that luke Kickley was so um and then we just and-
3: gotta watch it um <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying like we don't get any of that now we just gotta watch Shaq. there were three names mentioned in the free agency and interesting look and i think I, some of my mind is being changed each and every week one is obviously I've been a big uh, Moten. I mean, we could have signed Moten two years ago, and yeah. we wouldn't have had a problem with it. You know, you could have extended him two years ago, last year, this year. Now he's just going to get big time ass money, um, and likely from us. Uh, the other, the name that's growing more and more on me is Curtis Samuel. Though I thought before now- this year that I was not necessary. I don't think he did like was necessary to keep going forward but uh, Matt Rule gushes about this dude in every press conference and yeah. he does catch every like the fact that we threw to Robbie Anderson on third down in that game upset well, me. it's like you should yeah. almost go to Curtis Samuel every third yeah, I, down I, until he doesn't catch it
4: I really wanted to talk about this and I wanted to ask both of you and I want to ask everyone in our chat do we sign Curtis Samuel or do we trade Curtis Samuel?
2: You don't trade. You cannot you don't like, trade. This, okay, so hold on.
4: Uh, no. Okay, so one. But uh, but b- okay, I'm want, interested want, in. Want, what if we traded Moten? No. What? Why? N- well, no. I would like never a trade Moten.
3: Big time pick. Maybe you could get like man. Think about what Houston did last year, and they traded with. They traded for that shitty dude from Miami
4: yeah but the guy that took I the think- bong
3: hit right before he went uh, got drafted and they got a first round pick. Now I'm not really saying we should trade and I don't think that, but th- we mentioned it earlier. I was talking about trade material. Uh CK in the post game was saying we're going to go get people. You I've know, kind of I, been I in the idea agree. that we're getting rid of people. I
4: don't know. Let some 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 context to this, right? Okay. Who is more important to what we do, DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel? Because if we pay, like, okay, if we're in a situation where we're going to pay one or the other, then that means we have to pay Curtis Samuel at the end of this year. If we want DJ Moore, more than we do Curtis Samuel, well, DJ is due to be paid the year after next.
3: So And you get a fifth-year option on him. I don't think we're going to be able to keep Curtis Samuel in free agency unless he takes a hometown discount.
4: As much as I would like to keep him, and I've been one of the biggest Samuel supporters that there is. I think he's a great... uh, He's a fantastic football player. And if we ever do figure out how to get him the deep ball consistently, I think we haven't even seen the best out of Curtis Samuel and what he has the potential to do. But If we're not going to sign him and we're going to use that money for DJ Moore and we're paying Robbie Anderson as well, then why not trade him now and get something in return for him rather than letting him walk out the door at the end of this year? Are we we really going to pay Moten and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel
2: Can I tell you, as much as I love DJ Moore, I would be more apt to trade DJ Moore. And it's not because I don't like DJ Moore. It's that right now what Curtis Samuel offers is more versatile and what we need on the outside. Right now the two biggest needs we have are red zone threats and tight ends, which can be a red zone threat as well. So right now if you can get rid of DJ Moore – and trade him for a decent tight end or something like that, and then we go and sign maybe a big body wide receiver to complement Robbie Anderson on the outside, I think you've got a good amount of versatility with Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and then a, a good pass-catching receiver and a good uh, number two tall wide receiver similar to what Devin Funchess was you know, uh, or that we could never make him be you know, under the previous regime. If we had Devin Funchess in this offense, I feel like Devin Funchess would be going off right now
3: hmm and to see that coming
4: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i understand, uh, is I there, understand the that. mindset behind it um but i i don't know man i'm just i feel like I'm, we should I'm, be
3: acquiring assets at some point now i mean it depends on if you keep winning you're not going to be trading away players you know but one of the hard parts we've had with samuel is is just trying to figure out how to get him on the field as much as we he's you know we need him to be or want him to be
4: okay, t- right? T- it's like because I'm not reading his comments. He said we should trade Samuel to the Browns for David and Joku. No,
2: Ooh. Samuel yeah. does more for what we want in this offense than uh, than DJ Moore. No, Robbie Anderson DJ's does a very like good a two
3: t- DJ's like our number
2: two. I know, but look at those touchdowns that he's had like they have been like the one touchdown he had yet last, it was blown coverage right it wasn't even something that he just did uh i mean i I love dj Moore, and i think he's gonna be great but i don't think that like i said if you're comparing it to what curtis samuel does and dj Moore does who's really gonna trade for any of these dudes though i think there's a lot of people i think new england would trade for uh for either one of those guys honestly right now
4: the packers
2: packers would yeah
4: yeah i think there's well, a few yeah, teams the packers
3: that, could the packers might need something like that i, I think there's a that few uh more would... that scantling guy and you know valdez he like Mark, drops Mark everything is.
2: guys yeah. think about this the saints are in need of wide receivers let's be honest
6: yeah
4: well, we're not trained with our oh. own
2: division No, but i'm saying like wait, wait, wait,
4: wait. I'm but i do i do want to go back to this though do we okay let's who do we reasonably think the organization is going to choose to extend? DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel? Because we drafted both of them. We're not. We're 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 definitely keeping one of them. They're one of them is going to be on the team longer than the next two years. Okay, I'm saying who are you going to take your bet on that? Player I think you're right.
3: A, I think you're right. I think you're right. I agree with you.
4: Yeah, it's DJ Moore. So if if it's uh, if why not? Get something for Curtis Samuel now, when you have the opportunity to do so, and let listen. And now that we have Christian McCaffrey coming back too, I feel like that Christian can do. I mean, that it's literally a, a wide receiver running back. We're talking about it's the same kind of role, kind of thing yeah, that we're going to yeah. ask them to do. So, you know, and like I said, I want to pay Taylor Bolton. So we have to pay DJ Moore receiver money and right tackle money to Taylor Moten. I, I to me, I said you trade trade Curtis yeah, Samuel.
3: I get you, I get you. Uh, Dante Jackson also going to be in the mix. Numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Tough, um, right? <laughs> here is the next call. <laughs>
7: what up, C three boys? It's your boy Mike,
6: I'm Supreme Lizard.
7: What's up, Mike? Supreme. Hope y'all are doing well. What's up, brother? Uh, quick note, uh just wanna encourage everybody out there to vote. Uh election day is coming up soon and uh just, you know, go out there and make, make your voice heard. You know, it's it's not only about the presidency, it's also about your local government because those are the people that are gonna be, you know, making the laws in your state and this and that, you know, so it's very important to go out and vote for your local government. Um, know who you're voting for. Don't just vote, uh, you know, Republican because you're Republican or Democrat because you're Democrat. You know, you got to research your people and know who you're voting for. So where I went to was uh, BallotReady.org. That's BallotReady.org. Okay, enough of that. Um not looking forward (laughs) to this game this week. You know, Julio's back. That's going to suck. Um, I'm intrigued by, you know, what they're building in, uh, Carolina. Um, I thought Burns was going to murder breeze on that play. Um, I thought that field goal was good too. That 65 yarder. Um, it looks like Curtis Samuel has been listening to the uh, podcast because he's playing lights out, especially on them third downs. Um, uh, Tony, um, you know, I like to push your buttons, you know, like drafting tight ends in the first round. Aww. Snicker, snicker. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> what do you think about Curtis Samuel now? I know your opinion has
8: changed.
3: Tell me that. Keep pounding.
7: can't for pride till I die.
3: Ah, good call. Thank you, Mike Supreme Leader. My mom's in the chat room begging people <laughs> to say the rosary and to vi- vote pro life.
4: Uh, <laughs> shout out mama done
2: i saw her there i'm like oh man <laughs> call your mom she said
4: my uh, mom was in the chat room earlier she posted a little dancing emoji
2: um
3: you know curtis samuel is finally i mean he's like actually he's just coming up with big plays man relentlessly and i'm kind of uh you know it's been waiting and waiting for him to just blow up into what i want him to be when i thought he was going to be um yeah, my friends do call me Tony Catholic. That's what my mom just called me. <laughs> really? Is that yeah, the Yeah, my, my friend Kenny used to always call me Tony Catholic. Um, no, you shouldn't anyway, that. Um, you know, so is that Curtis Samuel is like, it's like one of those things is that you're just so excited for him for so long and then it just wasn't there, wasn't there. And now he's making these big plays. But the problem, I, I continue, and this is why I'm agree- in agreement with you, Cody, about, like, trading Curtis Samuels. Like, we just don't know how to use him. Like, we don't have the space at this point. And it's not even his fault. It would almost be best for him if, like, DJ got hurt.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, it's... You know, if I DJ mean, honestly, got hurt
3: and he could play that spot, that DJ, because I think that Robbie Anderson... I mean, like, you know, Robbie Anderson's been the dog on this team the whole time.
4: Yeah, and it also it goes back to our coaches thinking that they have two number one wide receivers in, in uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And we already know that they have the connection, Matt Rule, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, Robbie Anderson. So we know he's going to be here for a while. DJ Moore is a part of the plans. Yeah, I mean, it's just you can't the more DJ and more you and Curtis
3: it. out there together. That's the thing is that they're both kind of undersized dudes. You know, and Robbie Anderson's already like skinny and undersized. So we're small. Like you, so you just can't have them all out there at the same time. And if you are going to do some stuff like that, you can use Chris McCaffrey like that. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it's like, and I think that that's been part of the problem with Curtis Samuel is we just have not figured out how to use him to the best of his ability when it comes nope. to our team and our scheme. So I'm kind of with you. That's where I get,
2: what, but yeah, what is get I got to eat a
3: little, I won't say eat crow when it comes Curtis Samuel, but, um, he is doing better than, you know, he's
2: finally doing it. What yeah. what do you get for him? Like what is it that you like a what fourth? do you do for A? So you just you trade him for a fourth? No. Third? No, dude. No. No. Yeah. No. He, no, he's, yeah, he's more valuable
4: like than a pick. Yeah, he's not get no get second, round, second pick. round. He was yeah, a second round. Crazy.
3: Pick. He he I think was. But you ain't gonna I get think a,
2: second round for him. I think he's proven that he's worth the value of the draft that he was drafted at.
4: I'm I damn think, sure I'm damn sure not taking less than a third.
3: You ain't getting anything for him though if he walks out the door.
4: He ain't gonna or, walk. Look, out I mean, the, these... I, I, if, you, if, you, if you're gonna tell me that there isn't a team out there that would give a second round pick for Curtis Samuel, that's a speed receipt that people forget. Man, Curtis Samuel ran a 4-3-1. one. Second round picks burner. are
3: big time, bro. I don't think you'd get more than third. I th- I say Hadn't you I say you send him to Green Bay for a fourth.
4: Hasn't had a good quarterback since he's been here. Hurt Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, and you know Bridgewater is what Bridgewater is. You know, so it's like, dude, imagine if he did have someone like Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or whatever, man, someone else chucking him to rock. I mean, that might be a. Uh, but well, that might be what the doctor ordered for a team that's trying to make a push right now. I'm glad they gave hmm. up a two. Okay,
3: all
2: right. I still believe that it you're not going to get enough value out of Curtis Samuel right now to justify not not playing him until his contract's up. You know, and if we end up if he ends up blowing up, well, guess what? We sign him. You well, know, his and contract then we fifth this year, year.
3: No year. It's gone this year. No, so this, this is the fourth year. Right?
2: This is his fourth year. He still has a fifth-year option.
4: No, not for a second-round pick. I don't think you get that. Yeah, Samuel doesn't have a fifth-year option. We have to pay him this year or at the end of this year. Yeah, like he'll be a free
3: agent at the end of this year. I'm pretty sure.
4: So we might as well well get something for him, man. And again, it goes back to Marty Herney, man. I don't think Marty Herney – I mean, that's the smart thing to do. I don't think Marty Herney is going to do it. He did trade.
3: Over. Do you remember? He did trade Kelvin Benjamin.
4: Yeah, but, dude, I- I'm going to compile that the list. That was a big
3: deal. That was a big deal. All right, uh, next. right. Let's just go and to the
4: next one. That's a bad move he's made. All right. And, re- and, and then read really
0: uh, it. Hi, this is from Charleston. Uh, my question is really directed towards Cody. Um, if we don't get any of the top two quarterbacks, who's that third guy that we could probably draft?
6: Oh, my God. And like a Jordan Love, dude, maybe late-round selection Stan, that
0: people are sleeping on. And also, for the game coming up with the Falcons, who do you see, like, having a breakout game on both teams? Because I'm playing draft Kings this week, and I need someone who's going to put up some big points. It doesn't cost that much.
3: Calvin Ridley, yeah. homie.
4: Appreciate it. Peace. Appreciate it. Man, that's a good call, too. Um, so, where to start with that one? Um, uh, first, all right, and dude, the listen, I got a bone to pick with you, man, because I feel like you just throw out this half heart. Oh, he's from North Dakota State. That guy sucks. Dun, 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 dun. Like, they bro, can't be on.
3: quarterback like, you whatever. all of a sudden, dude. They can't be. I just don't believe dude, you're it. You're
4: basing your opinion. Okay, have you seen him? do anything no i don't even know the dude's
3: name i don't even know the dude's name
4: what are you doing man what are you doing his name is trey lance and yes he's from north dakota state uh north dakota state university same as carson wentz and yeah homeboy does it all uh he's uh six foot three 220 something pounds i think runs fast as hell has an incredible deep ball last year he threw for over 30 touchdowns no interceptions uh, I think he ran for almost 10 touchdowns also the problem that people are gonna have is he's only played one year uh and there's only one year of film and yes took uh Pat Tony on the head for his for his, uh monkey opinions the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the bison it's not a, a an SEC football team so the level of competition oh they're not is no it turns out they're are they not. even in division one I? I, I think they're division two
3: yeah so I don't man like I know this great high school player who's awesome too but <laughs>
4: dude uh, listen man I, it's I like just, last there's chance there's... you bro yeah I haven't done my deep dive yet into all the players. that are going to be coming out this year. I know Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida. I know Brad Dugan's in the chat. Shout out, Brad. Um, Kyle Trask is probably going to be a second, uh, maybe a second second round pick, I'd say. Um, How about Matt Jones from Alabama? Some people are saying Matt Jones might be another Joe Burrow type where he has one year and just puts up all these crazy amount of numbers and he might play his way into the first round. Um, So there are options, and I don't know his name at this point in time. Like I said, I haven't done a full deep evaluation yet, but the quarterback at BYU right now is apparently putting up really big numbers, um, and he's going to be available. Sam Ellinger out of Texas has been a name that people uh, have said for a while now. Uh, went to the same high school as Drew Brees in Texas, big-time arm. But, you know, I mean, there's a few guys, but right now the the big three is Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Trey Lance. And honestly, I don't know if we're going to have a shot at um, any of those three. There might be four, three or four teams in front of us that are going to take a quarterback before we even have a chance at one
3: dj perez said i heard some good news about this kid named bobby boucher down in louisiana uh, oh i heard he loves his DJ? mama
2: well i also uh, heard he's really afraid of the devil and he's pretty religious
4: so yeah
3: you should uh, uh you gotta do some scouting a coastal carolina dude this year is these guys yeah yeah you know they're ranked right now yeah it's crazy dude yeah they're hey, ranked in the old. top 25 mike tolbert right um Josh, Josh Norman, Norman went there. Some uh, other big other names are important. Um, now, when it came to this week, and I, I think it was a daily fantasy question. You know, Robbie, like basically you should just pick receivers on both of these teams to eat this week.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think across the middle, might have a big day. And yeah. then I think. Um, Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I'd say Robbie Anderson. And Calvin Ridley. Um, The other thing... Oh, I no, was... Doesn't Tell me I'm wrong. Doesn't DJ Moore normally have uh good days against Atlanta? I feel like every time we play the Falcons, he has a big play that he springs off.
2: No, you're talking about uh, Calvin Ridley.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. maybe. But I feel like DJ Moore does something. Every time we What do play you it think like... about
3: doesn't uh, did you see that Todd Gurley meme? <laughs> oh Everybody yeah, he, sure. of... <laughs> he was No, he wasn't. Stop. So he was trying to, but he felt, you know, he crossed the plane anyway. But gosh, the the internet, man, is just so mean. Undefeated? Yes, so mean. <laughs> it um, is undefeated. All right, uh next call. What's going
9: on c three nations? It's your boy Jay Anderson just hitting y'all up, man. I oh, hope y'all yeah. having a good one you know hope you know hope we win against atlanta you know bury them <laughs> get it over with but um, you know watching the last show um I have something i i disagree with c k on this on the and it was I know Cam is not on the same team it's not on our team no more but the whole, you know, when he said it pains me to say that, um, you know, <laughs> the right decision was to let go of Cam. And I dis- I disagree with that, respectfully. I disagree with that. And the reason why, you know, yeah, Cam had an awful game, you know, last game, it was awful. But we, you know, we seen quarterbacks are going to have an awful game. You know, just like Teddy Bridgewater, he had an awful game against Chicago and Tampa Bay. The first three games with Cam in New England, you know, in New England, he had a a good game. He had some good games. Um, He was rusty the the, the game he came back. And he had an awful game against the 49ers. Now, we all need to be, you know, we can be honest, This Teddy got better weapons than what Cam got up there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I know you want to say, you know, I know you said that, well, Cam didn't have no weapons when he been in Carolina. That's true, but he had Greg Olson. <laughs> he had Greg Olson as a weapon. He had, you know, he had yeah, he
3: don't got nothing,
9: um, no. Stewart. And plus, Cam was How younger, so he bad. was more better to run to bail, you know, to bail our offense out. He ain't that guy no more. And I know a lot of people were saying, but 2015 Cam, people need, you know, some people should have bypassed that and was like, yo, this is, you know, we can look at 2018 Cam. You know he doesn't run as much, you know, but you know his last, you know his last year, like 2018, when he had weapons, DJ Torrey, Curtis, and all up CMC and all of them boys, he was putting up numbers. He don't have that in New England. I think if Cam Newton would still been here in Carolina with the weapons that he had, he would have been putting up numbers. Yeah, and shoot, heck, so heck, the Carolina tight ends. Ain't they good, but they better than what New England has to offer, you know. So, I, you know, I just respectfully disagree. I, I like Teddy being here, you know, and stuff like that. I like Teddy being here, so it's all good and everything. But I kind of just disagree with that. I think Cam Newton would have been here. He you know, he would have done good here. I don't think, you know, I don't like the way they released him, but it wasn't a bad decision. I agree with that. You know, it wasn't, um, I wouldn't say it was a good decision that they did. it. Because I think yeah.
2: he would have flirted so i'll I'll do a quick response to that um and I, I I understand the mindset right it was one game well really two games right he had a bad game last week and he had a bad game this past week um so he's the problem that I have is it seems to be getting worse right like if you look at the first two games decent games right you know he came out and people were like he's back he's back and then we saw what happened halfway through the year in 2018 where his shoulder is not back, right? He starts to wear down, and he's kind of actually got that, that you know, after you get, uh, what do they call it, you know, just exhaustion really if you want to get down to it. Um, the, the part of it that I think that we could all agree with, right, without Cam's running, we still felt like if he didn't have any shoulder issues, he's still a good quarterback. Like, he still has the ability to get the ball where it needs to be, and he showed that in 2015 and so on and so forth. The issue isn't that anymore. It's He can't run, right? They, they tried that. He does not – if you guys have watched, he's been able to do little things here and there, but he does not have the same zip, and he's not breaking a bunch of tackles, right? He is going down. and And so his ability to elude the pocket and everything is actually kind of just dropped a little bit. His ability to throw the ball is my issue. It's not that I don't believe. Like I said, I agree, and I said this before. I I don't think his weapons are there. He does not have anybody to throw to. But it's not even that. It's when he has a wide-open wide receiver. He is throwing the ball, and he's getting it there. It's just labored. Like It just feels like everything he's doing is labored. It's putting more effort into a, a check down throw than he's ever had to do. Like when he was here at Carolina and throwing the ball, like he would throw the ball 15 yards down the field and it looked like he wasn't even putting effort into it. And it was zipping. Like he would throw the ball so quick and so powerful that it, it just, people would say it was one of the hardest balls to catch in the NFL because he's he's putting that thing on a on a line and it's getting to his receiver that way. He wasn't a touch pass guy. He wasn't. But the issue is, He cannot do that anymore. If you guys watch his games, he is not putting the ball on a line. And if you – because of that, he's not able to get the ball down the field very well. He's not – even when it is a 10-yard pass, he got the ball – he got like a 20-yard bomb to to a receiver, and it was a beautiful pass. It was slow, and it just looked like it took everything he had to get it to that point. I just don't believe – I'm worried about – like I want him to succeed. I want him to be able to come out and then just blow the doors off of people. I just don't know if it's going to happen.
3: Yeah, it just looks reminiscent of when the shoulder was problem. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see another game. I mean, is that yeah? Uh, say this is that getting benched for Stidham. I mean, he got benched, dude. Um, so that's problematic. There's. A right, lot I got to pop out of here though. All right, all right, ma'am. Uh we're almost done. Anyway, we got this last call and love
4: you. Uh, Lay up
3: later. Um, the what was it? I was gonna say. Oh, there's a lot of chatter about trading for tight end on a rookie deal. You know, I, mean, I don't even know who would be out there. Yeah, Evan Ingram is some as a name, right for the Giants. Uh, the Herndon guy from the Jets. Uh, I don't know. We'll this see.
4: Is such a bad people really think that we're not. People need to understand that rebuilding and tanking aren't the same thing. We are definitely rebuilding, okay? If you want to say that we're not tanking, that we're trying to be competitive, that's fine. But you don't trade four players during a rebuild. If we win this
3: week, though, you got to start thinking, man. We're
4: in the division. we, We would be four and four. Um
3: you could maybe catch the bears for a wild card. You know what I mean? If you think about it is, uh, is that it might, you would be looking at the bears, the lions wild card. What's up, Nick Montiero. Thanks for the donation. four ninety nine. said trade the jets for Quentin, Quentin Williams. That,
4: I would love that.
2: That would be a I good deal.
3: Well, you know, that might actually be the more important acquisition to make than a tight end at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that is that we'll see this way? You know, if we if we lose on Thursday night, don't you know you're starting to think that it's getting out of the, you know, out of reach. You win Thursday night and you're hanging around 500, and you look at the NFC East. You know, there's there might be a wild card spot you can make there, but it might be coming out of the West to be honest. And there aren't there additional playoff spots this year.
4: Yeah, but yeah there is there's uh an additional playoff spot um and uh shout out to tinia and I think you just said it too uh it looks like the NFC West might have all of them uh, I mean they have yeah a like lot their whole
3: division the, could go to the should go to the playoffs
4: yeah dude the Cardinals the Rams the 49ers dude they all they're all grand yeah. the Seahawks man they're they're good um so yeah i don't think that we should be trading for any player i don't want to go get david and joku uh quinn williams would love to have them maybe after this off season again the jets are going to have the number one pick so there's no reason for them to ship away any more young talent Nah, they've been they've
3: already said they're shopping them and the one good thing about that, the one thing you could do in a trade for someone like Quentin Williams, or even you would have to be so confident, in, and it might be Quentin, whatever his name is, whatever it was Q, Quentin. Quentin. he, um, or Ingram, is you have to be so confident in that acquisition that you are going to give them a deal in it, yep. right? Is that because they're kind of they're hitting the point where they need a, a deal? That's why they're trying to get rid of them, and. Um, So if you were, but the cool thing about that is, is that you get, basically it's a free agent move. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is that like, if you don't give a lot of assets away to get somebody that is basically you're given, say you gave away a third round pick to get the guy in free agency you wanted. Yeah. That might be one way of thinking of it. All right, uh, let's go to the last call of the night, and we'll close out the show. It's like uh, we got a lot of shows to do in several days, so <laughs> plenty of. Oh more yeah, to talk that's
9: thing I want to uh, say, man. Um, and this is nothing between y'all or nothing like that, but I got to express this. People need to get off cam in their whole in this whole clothing. I'm like, oh, the, the dude can dress nice. It is not that. It is not that hard. Did you see that? Oh, to you gotta dress, read the Jason to, Whitlock. To figure out what you're gonna wear to look to look good, it is not that hard to look good. It, it does not take brain that much brain power to figure out what you go you know what you're going wear to look to look good. You know, and like the whole Jeff Clown field man. You know, it <laughs> seems like like we've been nothing. Dude was here, and the dude dressed up. He has been dressing up ever since he got here. And it seems like the first thing, the, the first thing they want to they want to get on is how you dress. Deion said to say, "Hey man, you dress good, you you look good, you play good." So, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of players that dress good. You know, it's a lot of players that dress up, and look nice, and stuff like that. People need to get off that whole thing. I know there's some Carolina fans who got on and talk about whether well, he pay attention to um, more in the playbooks and his. I mean, if you if you're a real Carolina fan, fan, you know that Cam Newton always been in the film. He always been in the playbook like no other. You know, he a player can't. You know, it seems like a player can't have fun, have a little something on the side to have fun with. Just something like he always got to be in the books. Everybody is not Luke Keekly. People need to forget about that. Even Peyton Man have his little fun. Yes, he in the playbook, then he have his little. So the whole, you know, people getting on because he has, you know, because of his clothing. I'm like, come on, man! What grown man, you know, judge another man's clothing? I mean, women they can do that. Women can do that. Dudes, they don't need. Grown men don't need to be doing that. But F. Jeff, Jeff Garcia is climbing behind, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, he's just mad because he ain't better than the guy.
4: All right. (laughs) Um,
3: Shout out
4: Jay Anderson, man.
3: Yeah, you should um, go and look at... I like him. I know is that people don't like him. Jason Whitlock just put out a story today. Cam Newton and Belichick, a remake of Get Out or The Odd Couple. And where he talks about... Let me see, is that the one? Or was it the... There was one he put up today. I swear yeah, I just cam- read it this afternoon. And it was about... No, that's from June. Hold on not the right that was name,
4: uh that was twitter
3: that's what i'm trying to do
4: <laughs>
3: um but is that it was talking about how his he doesn't have a problem with his dress but that his dress i don't even follow him look at that i don't even follow him uh where is it what is the name of it it was a pretty good article man i, saw I mean it in Kim a way I it. uh cam I it. new um and it was all right. Is look, he's a great writer, Jason Whitlock. I will tell you that. It's, he's controversial in his takes, or but he, it, it's a, it's worth the read. Whatever the damn title was, I can't find it at the moment. Um, but yeah, who cares about Cam's dress right now? Who can, ever cares about it at this point? But he did say something. Whitlock did say something like you can't be lead a football team in a granny, in an a auntie scarf. Yeah, it was funny.
6: He's at good. this
4: point. At this point, it's a part of Cam Newton. Yeah. Like, the man loves fashion. He really does. And, uh, like, he can pull off some shit that just other people can't. You know? And I, I understand that. And, by the way, if you remember last season, after that Tampa Bay game, even I was like, man, dude, after losing so bad, after putting up such a terrible performance, do you have to come in looking like fucking Willy Wonka? Like, you know, and I, I even felt that way to to a point at the end when it, when it came to them losing because it just, it only added fuel to that fire as we tried to defend who Cam Newton is. So Jay Anderson's right. We've always known that Cam Newton, was a studier, that he dedicated time to knowing the offense and being a good leader and being a good player. But from a surface point of view, judging from the outfits and all of the first down celebrations, it gives this appearance that Cam Newton is this egomaniac that only cares about how he looks on camera, how many people are applauding him. And I think that's a inaccurate representation of who cam newton is um i don't necessarily agree that is the best move for him to look like that after being humiliated on primetime television yeah i wouldn't do it but that is cam newton and at this point like, yeah you can fact- uh
3: not do it though now it's kind of like this right. is that. um you know i i wear for a long time i had to wear a shirt and tie to work now i work from home i don't have to wear any clothes really, <laughs> it's really right? it's like, but uh it's like the idea of ever wearing a tie again like i actually right now in this covid world could see a tie tieless world world for me going forward but um my friend told me this because i wore them all the time and he said once you start wearing a tie you can't not wear it and then the one day I wear a sports jacket with no time, my students be like, what is it, casual Wednesday? You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. and then, so, it's like this. It's like if Cam didn't do it, it's almost a recognition that the clothes are... Too much. is Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so,
4: so it, there's no point for him to not... To not. No,
3: I think the more... Embar- How about this, is that What's more embarrassing, the outfit or getting benched for Stidham?
4: So, did you hear Bill Belichick after the game?
3: No. He, no. Was, he, he wait, probably he was, just was, was Cam, like...
4: He was at Cam Newton's the starter going forward, and there was just no point in playing Cam Newton. And Bill Belichick was very matter-of-fact about it. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, can we go home with Cam? And that, that's <laughs> it, the black like,
3: says, laugh out loud, Tony's the naked professor. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, I'm not standing up right now. I promise you that. Oh, sorry. Uh, all right. Um, okay. Yeah, this
4: Joey wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> it would be. It'd be. Right, who you got sad. winning this game this week? Um, I think we're gonna win, man. I think we're at home. I think it's prime time. No one outside of the Carolinas. Dude, let's just be honest. No one gives a damn about the Panthers. I think this is going to be our one moment where we're on uh, a national stage in front of everyone against a team that is much worse than us, that chokes all the time. Um, You know, I say that we're a better football team. I wouldn't be mad at anyone who said that Atlanta still had a better roster from a talent perspective. Cause like I said, Atlanta does have good players, but they're just, they're just
3: defense is is so fucked up right now. And Grady Jarrett's the only thing on that team that's worth a damn on defense, but on their offense, there is talent there. So you never know is that uh, right now, what I would say is this is that, our defense is like not good enough to just play them ten weeks in a row and stop them a lot. And think about uh, it, Gurley had a good game against us. We had no Julio last time. So it really depends on how's Russell Douglas gonna be against Julio. Dante Jackson, I think, will be able to be okay with with uh Calvin Ridley. Except for we just play a lot of zones, so it doesn't that doesn't really matter. It's really if Atlanta gets Ty Gurley going, if we can either stop him or if they do something stupid like they did in the last game and just like go away from him, like Lee Trotter was saying. Girlie, um, I think right you now our team, though, has given us, like you said, more reason. Like we have reasons to think we should win. They yeah. haven't given, they've given us a ton of reasons throughout the season why they should not win. Right. Um, the only thing is is that offense, it does have some explosion. So if they get out ahead, you know, it could be difficult for us to play from behind. Well, we didn't, have, we didn't mention if Kurt, Christian McCaffrey was going to be back for this game. He was so activated. He activated. Yeah. He didn't practice, practice, but he wore the shirt where he was like well, a non combatant.
4: Originally, they put him in a red jersey and that, uh, Signals an injured player, apparently who wasn't having that and put on another the green jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah. And by the way, um we should have talked about this earlier. Um uh but what about McCaffrey? Uh I don't think that we should play him this week.
3: No, I don't think I so mean, either. We, I think if we, this was we, a Sunday game. Oh look, Joey said he had a call. Did you just call in Joey 5222? Um. So I don't think so either. I wouldn't want to play him.
4: Yeah, we're going to need him for Kansas City. Make sure he's 100% healthy. Why rush him back? I don't think that we need him to beat Atlanta. I do think that we need him to beat Kansas if we're going to have any shot in hell, but not for Atlanta. All right, let's play Joey's call.
6: Hey,
4: guys.
8: Joey again. Uh... So uh yeah, uh first off before I get into what I was really gonna say, I kinda was hoping we had that girl, uh Tori. Can't remember how to say her last name. And I wouldn't dare say it over the comments because dictation would just take it and fuck it up royally because that's how it goes. But uh yeah, 'cause this team has changed some and uh you know. Anyway, I feel bad for that poor girl having to cover such a shit team. I mean, her talent is just being wasted, a la Cam Newton. But I'm not going to be talking about Cam Newton here other than to say – actually, you know what I will. Uh, the head on that game should be Cam Newton, doubtful to return after suffering an injury to his dick. Anyway, but y'all got me going with this tanking versus rebuilding. Not only do we not want anything to do with tanking, I don't even think we want anything to do with having a fucking goldfish tank. We don't want to hear the word tank, okay? Okay. And most teams, most fan bases have gone through a rebuild. Shit, even we have. But... Yeah. You know, and this is the thing about Charlotte is Charlotte, you know, we might say, oh, well, there's not any real fans here because all the transplant, most of the residents are here today and they'll be gone tomorrow and you never hear from them again and you never give a shit if you heard from them again because you never knew them. But, I mean, most teams, like, look at the Jets. I mean, they've been around since the 60s. They haven't been shit since Super Bowl three, And, you know, they're just... Bad. They've been going through a rebuild. But us, if we win, oh, great. If we lose, shit, oh, well. That's all I got to say, guys. But you know how it goes? Wow, wow, wow.
6: I'm just
3: going to power through to (gasps) Nick's
6: (laughs) call. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Nick. Hey, a couple of things real quick. I know you guys are gonna be talking about CNC all night long and the fact that he's we back. actually hardly did. Me personally, yeah, I feel it. like we should give him another week to be one hundred percent sure that he's because uh let's face it. If uh we lose to the Falcons, who really cares at this point, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that we're tanking this season, but we obviously aren't <laughs> Don't use that word. No record.
3: goldfish. Go so, Goldfish.
6: I mean why why chance it? I mean, Mike Davis has shown that he can be proficient enough to hold That's that what position. Let's let him go with it for another week. And then that actually leads to my second question. Uh, what if we were to actually make uh, Mike Davis a tight end? Is that something that we could do? I mean, <laughs> I know you guys know football better than I do. But with us being short on tight ends and with Mike Davis being somebody who you know, it would be a short tight end. You, like, it would be the shortest people. little tight end yeah, in the history. It'd be like yeah, Kyler Murray, sure catch. fat at Kyler Murray. From the little that I've seen of him, catch. You know, would he? We be just a need a our tight ends tight end, to play tight end, at least to get us through the rest of the year. But uh, Greg, I definitely think that you are right. I definitely think that we're going to be doing some something before uh, the deadline comes because we just released a couple of people this week, didn't we release? Seth Roberts, and also yeah. we just released Eli Apple today. So that frees up a couple of spots. I mean, it definitely makes sense that we're going to go looking for people. So, But let me know what you guys think. Love the show, guys. Keep.
3: Thanks for the Keep support, pounding. Nick. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I don't see him coming back. If this was a Sunday game, maybe, right? But he hasn't even practiced yet. <sighs>
4: I don't know. I just think Mike Davis has done a really good job. Our offensive line has done a really good job. I just don't see the the pressing these uh, pressing reason to um, get Christian McCaffrey back out there right now. Um, someone in the chat um, said, "Knock the dust off against Atlanta." Uh, yeah, Kevin Bochoven said, "Get the rust off with Atlanta." Um, mm. And I, I don't know. I think Christian's prepared enough. That he's not gonna have Russ whenever he comes back. Um, I just don't think that we need Christian for this matchup. I'd rather him be healthy long term. I mean, I think that if we win this, we're gonna be four and four going into Kansas City. I mean, that's you know that's all we could really hope for right now. Um, as far as Mike Davis being the tight end, um, hey man, I appreciate the question. Uh, hey, if you don't, if you have a question. You should always ask. There's no such thing as a dumb question, right? Um, And one of the things about a tight end that people don't realize, it's just as important that they know how to block because that's what makes them a tight end. And you can use tight ends to put them on the offensive line, let them block for a second, and then let them motion off into the flat. I mean, you can do a lot of different things with a tight end, but a, a real good one needs to be able to block Similar to how an offensive lineman blocks, um, attack well, he would always get low pad level, he would get low pad level, but he also <laughs> might get just beaten up too, man. I think um, he
3: would. Hey, uh, well, uh, anyway, man, yeah. shout
4: out Mike Davis. We love Mike Davis and what he's been able to do for us thus far. So,
3: yeah, we need him at running back, that's what we need.
4: Sure. Oh, and uh, one more thing did you hear that Matt Rule uh, they pretty much said that even after Christian comes back. They want Mike Davis to get touches. So they better. We are, yeah, we are going to get our wish of having a, a one two punch. All
3: right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. A little short week. Uh, going to be taking a week off of uh, picking with the professor. Uh, Rafael Esparza has. is not going to be able to make it. So I need a week off to recover from last week. We've got the Thursday night post game. We're going to try to keep it short. So make sure you get your calls. In quickly uh, at the towards the end of the game, and uh, ice up pick this week for me. I don't know. I got to go watch the Rudy Giuliani clip. I feel like that. I really want that to be it. Um, with the Borat movie, but I tried watching Bo- the Borat movie and it was late on Sunday night and I fell asleep. So
4: I can go I the other way. I, right, I, I, I I watched it. And by the way, I think Rudy Giuliani is a fucking moron. But I think they did him dirty. Really? uh, Yeah, it wasn't. They tried to make it seem like, oh, he was reaching in his hand to jerk himself off or some shit. It wasn't like that at all. Like, his supposed Borat's daughter was in the back room helping him with the mic pack or something. And he was, like, moving his shirt around to get the cord out because it has to go up through your shirt. So she like untucked his shirt from his pants. Oh! So he laid down on the bed to tuck his shirt back into his pants. So his hand is going in his pants, and like they're trying to make it sound like, oh, he was reaching in there to start like jerking it. Okay, or something. good, good. I'm not yeah, even gonna and,
3: watch it now because I didn't even like Borat that much.
4: So, but how, how about that? That's my ice up then. I'm icing up the people that made this into a story because it goes against. listen, I think Rudy Giuliani is uh, not a good person or politician. And I think that whenever you do shit like this, and you levy these false accusations against him, it takes away the credence of real things that he actually does that need to be brought attention to, that need to have attention brought to him. You know, whereas this is a non-story, and the media online especially just runs with it. And it's dumb and it's not effective
3: I'm gonna ice up the Falcons I guess Or the Falcons The Cowboys for being so bad And I'm icing myself up for even Thinking for a moment that McCarthy Would have been a, a, a consider, Should be a consideration For the Carolina yeah, Panthers God he they are trash Um, Alright man I gotta work tomorrow uh, What's going on with you Where can they find you on social media
4: yeah, find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. There will be a brand new mock uh, draft on Draft Tech next Wednesday, and um, me and Jeffrey are still doing the Cripple Connection podcast. We are probably going to be trying to stream some Among Us. Um, oh, nice! Which will be really fun to play. I-, I need to get all of us to play because it's really really simple my and kid keeps telling
3: me i gotta play it it's just CK a who loves it man. dude CK it's just a who
4: done it like you're trying to find the saboteur and it's awesome so yeah we're gonna right. do that so um yeah be on the lookout
3: all right uh c3 panthers podcast at cat at cat underscore chronicles two five two we'll be here thursday night keep pounding go panthers we're gonna win this one